Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're a God of truth and thank you that you love us. Lord, thank you for the words of that hymn, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So, Lord, we want to surround everything with this open conversation with you today. We want to be those who speak to you and those who listen to you. We know, Lord, that so often we endure pain and we live with pain because we don't enter into that place of, of listening and of speaking to you. May we be increasingly a people who are open to your truth, open to your word, open to you speaking to us in the midst of living a prayerful life, and be those, Lord, who share everything with you, our frustrations, our pain, our confessions, our hopes, our dreams. Lord, open our hearts afresh to your word and your word to our hearts. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a, a verse in Proverbs 27, verse 6. It says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. The fact is a true friend will inflict injury on our pride, will inflict a wound in our pride, in order to save us from greater pain. And you and I have a friend, Jesus Christ, who longs for us to have this conversation with him. So as we read Scripture, as we read other books, as we listen to family and we listen to church members, we listen to uh, friends, we listen to our conscience, we listen to our bodies, we have this ongoing conversation in which we're listening. And in doing so, we increasingly become those who are, are spared so much pain that we will endure had we not listened. We have a friend, a true friend, Jesus Christ, and He can be trusted when He comes to us and speaks to us, and He intentionally, by His Holy Spirit, inflicts wounds on our pride in order to save us from pain. He takes us from the road to ruin and moves us towards and into the road to recovery, and He Himself is that road to recovery. I really hope that you have and are developing ways and people in your life, in your life to be able to hear the voice of God more clearly. That's why again and again, and as a church family, we urge each other to read Scripture every day, to pray every day, to spend time in silent prayer every day, because in doing that, we are saving ourselves a world of pain. If, if we don't have those disciplines of listening, then we will stumble into places of pain, often which will have consequences that may have eternal consequence, or will certainly have decades upon decades of consequence in our own lives if we don't listen to what the Lord is saying. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, people who don't care enough about us to tell us the truth are very happy to tell us again and again everything we want to hear. And the reason for that is because they don't really care about us and they're not going to stick around to watch us wreck our lives. So whenever it comes to listening to people, listen to the people who are with you for the long haul. Listen to people to whom you're married, who are your parents, 
who are close friends, people, listen to the people who are going to stick around, not to the people who are transitory friends, because so often they tell us just what we want to hear and not what is going to be said by someone who's with us for the long haul. When we truly love someone, we, we deeply care for them. And so it concerns us whenever we see them making poor decisions or having negative mental patterns or making friends with people who we know are going to lead them astray or becoming less than God has created them to be. And so what we do is we pray for God's guidance for them and we pray that God's blessing on them. And we pray that God will guide us as to what to do. And usually there are, well, there are a number of options. Quite often we pray and the Lord will say to us, well, hold your tongue and just keep on praying. Or the Lord may say to us, well, keep on praying and always be ready, be alert for those little opportunities when the moment arises to be able to speak a word of truth. Or sometimes the Lord says to us, speak immediately, do not delay. This person is going to step into a deep place of pain. If you love them, you must take the risk and speak to them immediately. But if you've ever done this, then you'll know it's a very difficult thing to do. Being a true friend is in no way easy because as human beings, we find it difficult not only to hear the truth, but we also find it difficult to speak the truth. And that is right at the heart of what this Bible passage tells us today of what Jesus Christ is, is doing as he interacts with the people who are in front of him. You see, whenever we are a true friend and are willing to inflict wounds on, our, on people's pride because we love them deeply, then a number of things will happen. First of all, as we've said, we will proceed very carefully and very, very prayerfully because we, we dread speaking. And this is a really important acid test. If you're ever entering into a place whenever you feel God is saying to you, I, I want you to speak to this person, I want to, you to speak to this person about truth that will save them from pain. A good acid test is if you have any pleasure in that conversation at all, then you're not entering into it in the right frame of mind. If there's a smile on your face that you're trying to hide or a smile that's in your heart saying, I can't wait to say this, then don't say it because you have entirely the wrong motivation. If you want to speak truth to someone whom you love, then you will dread every word that comes out of your mouth. But you will take the risk if you truly love the person and God is prompting you to speak. And that is exactly what is happening as we heard in our reading today as Jesus stands and this time he's speaking to people who have just started to respond to the truth that he is the Messiah. And so the, the reading begins with those who believed in him, those who believed what he said, Jesus begins to speak to them and so faith is building, faith is happening, and Jesus in love starts to reveal to them more truth. They've already responded to some of the truth, now he wants to reveal more of the truth. And I think the reason why he wants to do this is because he knows that he is not the type of deliverer and Messiah that they're hoping for. They believe he's the Messiah, 
but he realizes that he's a different Messiah than the one that they hope he will be. And so he says to them, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You can almost hear the in, internal screams that are happening. In fact, the words are soon spoken. Those who have come to say, look, we believe you're the Messiah, and all of a sudden Jesus is saying, yes, but this is going to require change and transformation in your own lives. I have come to speak to you, and if you believe my words, you'll be set free. And those who are listening to Jesus, and remember, these are the ones who have already begun to respond to Him. They, they say, you can almost imagine them saying, you want something from us? You want change from us? No, we want you to be a deliverer. We're the victims here. We want you to be the one who, who comes to set us free from the Roman Empire. But Jesus has come to free them from a tyranny which is much more pervasive and much more oppressive than the Roman Empire. He's come to lead them out of a tyranny that affects every single human being. And so they protest and say, look, we're children of Abraham. How can you say that we're slaves? How can you say we need to be set free? Jesus says, I have come to set you free. Every word that I say, if you believe my truth, you will be set free. The analogy that I've been thinking of recently about this that affects every one of us, not just those who are listening to Jesus, is the analogy of us being like a toy factory that's producing dangerous and faulty goods. And we're totally unaware this is happening, and, and the quality assurance department in our lives is also flawed and broken. And so we're totally unaware that we're flooding the market with dangerous and flawed product because there's no, there's no feedback loop there's no truth being spoken or received. And so we, in our lives, are like toy factories pumping out dangerous and broken toys, totally unaware that we're doing it. And also, even if we could do something about it, we are powerless to actually fix it. That is the tragedy that is human brokenness. That's why Jesus said, very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. In other words, the brokenness that we're entangled with is one that we don't even realize that we're entangled in it because we're in darkness. That's why the analogy of light is so true and so powerful. The fact is that in the midst of our sinfulness and selfishness and brokenness, we are totally unaware of it. We have a blind spot as big as the sun. We have a quality assurance department that is totally unaware of the dangerous product that we're pumping out. Very truly, I tell you, said Jesus, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A former bishop of Liverpool, Bishop J.C. Ryle, put it like this, each and all sins have crowds of unhappy prisoners bound hand and foot in their chains. The wretched prisoners boast sometimes that they are eminently free. There is no slavery like this. Sin is indeed the hardest of all taskmasters, misery and disappointment by the way, despair and hell in the end. These are the only wages that sin pays to his servants. 
as the Apostle Paul lamented as he wrote to the church in Rome, and this is recorded in Romans chapter 7. And he's speaking about his flawed human nature here. He's not speaking about his renewed nature in Christ. And he says, for I know the that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. We know that good does dwell in Paul as a, as a follower of Christ, but he's saying not in my sinful nature that creeps in again and again. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. I know all of us can echo that lament. You see, the best good news that all of us didn't want to hear as human beings is this. We were born deeply flawed, every single one of us. I know that's a challenge whenever we hold a newborn child in our arms to know that physically they may, they may be perfect, but the reality is they are deeply flawed because every single one of us was the same. All of us are born deeply flawed. part of a flawed world, human beings who have turned their back on its creator and have become cut off from the one who alone gives life. The Bible tells us the consequence of this is death. Because we're a slave to sin, we're caught up in a web that we don't even see. We're totally blind to our own faults, and so we continue on the road to ruin. Knowing no better, we learn the ways of the world and become more and more like the father and ruler of this world, the devil, who leads the rebellion against God. This is an uncomfortable truth. It's an uncomfortable truth for me. It's an uncomfortable truth for you. It's an uncomfortable truth for every single human being. The fact is that we learn the ways of the world because we are in the world and we are of the world whenever we are apart from Christ. And so we compete believing that only the strong survive. We learn the economy of tit for tat. We live in a world of unforgiveness and revenge. Someone hits us, we hit them back harder. We believe in some of the poetry of the last number of centuries that is full of rubbish. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul, as the Invictus poem goes. Nothing could be further from the truth. Truth is what I say it is, the message of the postmodern world that has led society to seek to redefine marriage and redefine gender itself. To think that I am a decent human being unlike all the rest and so to travel the lonely road to ruin. It's a sobering reality whenever we take on board what Jesus Christ is actually saying and came to say to us. And in our recent weeks and in this passage today, we come face to face with the stark reality that even the people who lived at the time of Jesus, who knew more about God and knew more about the truth than anyone else on the face of the planet. And Jesus said, you're completely enslaved. You do not know God. The Father is your devil. 
the, the, the devil is your father and not God himself. If that's what Jesus said to the Jewish people who knew the Scriptures by heart, who tithed, who prayed, who fasted, who gave so much money uh, in alms to the poor, who had a great heritage and tradition of being the people who were the people of God, who worshipped one God, and yet Jesus came and said to them, your father is the devil, you don't belong to God. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, what pain we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. John's gospel begins with this eruption of new life. The fact of Genesis again being revealed. The fact is Jesus came to make all things new. With Christ there has become this new beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John's gospel declares to us that there is a way out there is a way to freedom. There's a way out of darkness into light. John 1 verse 9 to 13 says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The, the prologue at the start of John's gospel where that passage is from is one that in a nutshell tells us what John is going to say in the whole of his gospel. It's the prelude, it's the summary of everything that comes after. And it gets right to the heart of the matter as to what is happening in this moment when Jesus has come to his own. And among the Jews, there's so much dispute, and yet some begin to believe that he is the Messiah. And so he reveals more truth to him, but so many of them don't receive him. They don't believe in his name. But, says John, to those who did believe him, to those Jews and Gentiles who began to respond, he gave them the right to become children, to become children of God just like Jesus is himself. Children not born in a natural way, but in a supernatural way. Children born by this Holy Spirit, born into a new world of light and revelation of truth. And in that place of truth, we discover we discover the horror of selfishness and sin and brokenness that we were so blind to. And gradually the Lord in His love reveals to us the truth about the world, the truth about ourselves, that we are a people born into sin and steeped in sin. We are born onto the road to ruin. And so we baptize because baptism is about leaving behind the old life letting it get drowned in the waters of baptism. We become united with Christ through His life, through His death on the cross for us. And we also rise to new life. Do you have a faith in Jesus Christ? Do you trust Him? And have you been baptized into it? If not, you're on the road to ruin. 
That is the challenge of this passage today. That is the challenge of the message of Jesus Christ. And He is the one true friend who has come to inflict wounds to our pride in order that we may be saved from a world of pain. Do you trust the one who alone is the road to recovery? John 14 that we'll look, back, look at in a number of months' time says this. Jesus, speaking to His disciples, His closest apostles, says to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Jesus Christ is the road to recovery. He is the one alone who will speak to us the truth. He will do so in love. And to show that, He will lay down His life for us. He laid down His life that we may live. Greater love has no one than this, Jesus says. And He laid down His life for His friends. Has anyone else laid down their life for you? That is the, that is the proof positive of Jesus Christ being the one who not only is willing to lay down His life for us, but by laying down His life for us has set us free from the tyranny of sin, has brought us from the blindness of darkness into the revelation of light. We find it so hard to believe this because we were those who were born into a world of darkness. And we find it so hard to believe that someone can do this, that their death is effective for us. But Jesus Christ has done this for us. Very truly, I tell you, says Jesus, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Again and again, we hear the prophets speaking to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, speaking the words of God. The ministry of prophecy still begins today, still continues today. In Isaiah chapter 30, the prophet Isaiah speaking the words of the Lord to warn the people about the road to ruin they're on says this, woe to the obstinate children, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, says the Lord, forming an alliance but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin. The solution the prophet tells them, is to listen, to trust, and to obey, but sadly they won't. And so we read on in that passage, this is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, therefore He will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for Him. Psalm 32 verse 9 gives that wonderful exhortation from the Lord. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Are you listening to the Lord in your day-to-day -day life, or are you like the horse or the mule? Are we those who read Scripture every day, who read other books, who try to listen to what the Lord is saying to us, 
who spend time praying day by day, particularly laying aside time just to sit and to be still or to go for a walk and be still and ask the Lord to speak to us. If you do that, you'll know that again and again the Lord speaks to us and He says words of encouragement, He says words of love, but what He also says to us in His love is He speaks to us words of correction. He speaks to words of uh, rebuke. He will inflict wounds in our pride in order to bring us to life because He's a true friend. I want to encourage all of us to enter into that place of a deeper place of listening. Because that's what it means to belong to the Lord. That's how we gain wisdom. That's how we experience peace. That's how we encounter transformation in our lives. And it's only if we listen to the Lord that we can be of benefit to other people. It's only if we listen to the Lord and learn to trust and obey that we can help to reveal truth to other people. Every single believer in Christ becomes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, someone who is capable of speaking prophetically to other people, speaking the truth lovingly to other people. And so that's what it means to pray and to wait for God's timing and either to remain silent or to speak if the Lord guides us. And if you're doing that, if you're exercising as a friend, as a parent, or in Christian ministry, if you're exercising that prophetic gift, you will know that it is one that is so often a thankless task. You will know that if you're a good friend and have been a good friend to people over the years, you will know that at times you will have spoken truth and the friendship will be over. you will know as a parent that there are times, in fact, there are times and times again when the Lord will prompt you as a parent to speak the truth and you will dread speaking. So much is your love for your child. But here's the reality, the stark reality that faces us in the words of Jesus today. Every single human being is born onto the road to ruin. Only if we're saved from the road to ruin do we go on to the road to recovery because Jesus Christ is the road to recovery. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Should that not transform our friendships and should that not transform our parenting and our grandparenting? When a baby is born, the baby is born on the road to ruin. That's why we work and we pray earnestly that's why we baptize children. That's why we bring them for confirmation. That's why we pray earnestly for them. That's why we teach them Scripture and we speak to them Scripture and we pray with them every day and we warn them about having the wrong friends who will read them on the road to ruin. And we speak the truth to them even though it will hurt us and dent their pride. And the reason why we do that is because we are going to stick around with them long enough to help them get onto the road to recovery. But here is the real challenge for us as parents and grandparents. This is the real challenge for us as a Christian community. Every single child that's born into this community is born onto the road to ruin unless they are saved by Jesus Christ. Should that not transform the way that we pray, the way that we speak, and the way that we act? 
Should that not give us new love and new courage and new bravery in how we exercise friendship and how we exercise fellowship as a community? Are you willing to join a life group? Are you willing to join an alpha course? Are you willing to develop friendships in which people will speak the truth to you and you will speak the truth to others? I was reflecting recently on that verse in Scripture about true fellowship being a place where we confess sins to each other. And it's one that so often we, we really don't like the sound of, how shall I confess sins to those who are around me? But then it occurred to me what a mercy it is to confess sins to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if I confess my sins to you and you confess your sins to me, wisely and lovingly and, and so often to those obviously who are the same gender of us or who are married to or in our family and exercising wisdom in that, we know that in this that that will save you having to have the difficult thought about how to confront me with my sin. And it will save me the difficulty of having to pray and pray and pray and say, Lord, show me how and if and when I should speak truth to this brother or sister in Christ. But if you're confessing your sin to me and I'm confessing my sin to you, there is no need for that because we've already had the Lord reveal it to us. You and I are responsible for our family members and our brothers and sisters in Christ to make sure they hear the truth that will set them free. And so, do you trust Christ who alone can move you from the road to ruin to the road to recovery? Are you listening to Christ who loves you more than anybody else, who loves you so much that He came to give His life came to embody the message of truth, came to lay down his life as the one true friend that you have in order to set you free? Are you willing to be a person who speaks the truth in love to those whom God has put in your life and those whom you deeply care about? and to do it lovingly, to do it prayerfully, to do it extremely carefully. And when you do it, to know that every word that you speak, you will dread speaking. And yet to know that if the Lord calls you to do it, you will take the risk, you will speak the truth, and you will pray for love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're challenged by the truth of your word. We are humbled by the reality of the brokenness of this world and the brokenness of mankind of which we're a part. And yet, Lord, we are filled with hope and joy in the knowledge that you have saved us, that you have brought us in Christ to the road to recovery. Lord, we step afresh out forward on that road today as a community of people, a community of truth-tellers, a community whom you've called to be disciples making disciples, those who are called to be listeners to you, to be learners from you, and to be those who help others become listeners and learners too, so that they and we may be saved a world of pain and enjoy a life of love eternal. 
Lord, give us courage. Give us courage to be good brothers and sisters in Christ. Give us courage to be good friends. Give us courage to be true parents and grandparents. Give us courage to be true brothers and sisters to our brothers and sisters. Give us courage, Lord, to be like your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making us children of God. May we listen to your voice. Listen to your truth, the truth that sets us free. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.